da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. Is the whole world got crazy? Seriously? It's showtime. Clowns? Clown spiders and more clowns. It's the synopsis of It. Chapter 2. Idier and wittier. <laughs> Brian is not here to talk about It today. Um, I think he's tried. I think he's given it a good effort, you know, mm-hmm. in his personal time. I think he's he's probably, yeah, you know. It doesn't help that you and I put on clown makeup and just sort of yeah. spook him around the house for fun. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, life-size Pennywise that we got him, <laughs> you know, and, and to wake him up with a with a, a video of Pennywise every day as a text yeah, message is probably he, not. He really didn't like, he was mad and scared enough when we got him just the Pennywise. But then when we made the actor inside stay perfectly still for two <laughs> days, so he thought it was just yeah, a stuffed animal yeah. and then move, that was what Brian said was too far. And and so did the union, because we didn't feed that guy or anything, but, uh, but he a, got him good. Honestly, Richard, what's a joke without a punchline? You know what I'm saying? Hey, from your mouth to God's ears, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um, it's been a while since we talked about horror movies on this podcast. Not. Uh, Richard and I have talked about horror movies a lot this summer, this yeah, year. it's been a lot. It's, it's been, been a, a lot, lot. of, of uh, scary... Mm-hmm. Uh, horror comedy movies. There's yep. been um, straight up thrillers that we've talked about, and this one straight up is uh, kind of uh, you know, goes. I guess it crosses all borders when it comes to science mm-hmm. fiction. When it comes to, yep. uh, um, I don't even know what you call clown uh, horror. You know, there's no, there's it's not like slasher horror or, or like ghosts or demons or anything like that. It's in its own kind of genre of clown, clown horror. I guess if there's a term for that, please, please email us. But, um, but yeah, this one, basically all you want to see is clowns in this movie, scary, scary clowns. And some people, they're not into that kind of thing. Um, but you know, there seems to be quite a big market for scary clowns. Because uh, this one neared the $100 million domestic mark this past weekend. And for a September launch of this and, you know, kickoff of the NFL season and college football getting in the swing of things, school getting back into into the fall semester, uh, it's it's always impressive for me to see any movie make over $50 million in, in September, no matter what it is, especially something you would think would be as niche as yeah, clown a hard horror. R too a hard R. But luckily for for them, um, Bill Hader is peaking right now, and Jessica Chastain is a very accomplished actress of her own, and um, certainly can draw an audience. And so, you know, it was kind of the right mixture in terms of the box office success that this saw this past weekend. But we're going to break it all down because we did talk it, the original one, 2017's version, uh, when it originally came out. If you would like our thoughts on that, uh, please check out that uh, episode on your iTunes feed, on our website, what have you. A big shout-out to the VIPs this week uh, because they're what makes this show Fun because we get to do an AMA, a special exclusive AMA with them every single month, which we're about to do here in September. 
And shout out to those people who join us every single week for an additional episode and conversations. And, and it's, man, the wheels come off on, in the VIP. It, it really does. And, and it's, it's been fun to have that freedom. And so if you want to be a part of that and hear those episodes, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Uh, speaking of that, we've got a guest filling in for B-Gill. Do your best B-Gill impression, except for the being scared of clowns part. Um, and welcome, Matthew Doloff to the show. Hey, Matthew. Hey, how you doing? Uh, good. Good to have you uh, as the third voice for tonight's review. Uh, we're going to get to know you with a couple of questions that we we actually um, have a patent pending for these 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 questions. So we're suing uh, Craig Kilborn for the questions. Yeah. he's had them, and now we're yeah. trying to get them back. Yeah. Patents pending, but we got our fingers crossed. It's um, the first question is: What are your thoughts on Now You See Me? Just a one one tweet review of that movie. Um, I don't know if they were magicians or made like wizards or something, like you guys said. Uh, I, I hated that movie from the start. Okay, you said but, a lot of good things in that in that <laughs> short sentence. Liked it, liked it a lot. Uh, you've passed the first test. Question two: Have you seen Gruber? Uh, only reason I saw that movie was because of this podcast, and after that, I always bring celery with me in public. So good, good. You never know. When hey, you're some gonna advice need to do on that: that. Uh, you're going to want to go thick end first. It seems counterintuitive, but he puts it thin end and it just yeah. slides right out. Yep. Yeah, I rewound the the video several times to get that little tip. So no pun intended. It, it's, it is counterintuitive. You would think it would be the other way, but it just slides. And your life was never the same after you saw McGruber. Proud to report that. And yeah. our last question is, favorite movie of all time? Oh, um, I don't know. I really, really like As Good As It Gets. And that's a weird one. That's a good one. I, I, that is a good I, one. I really like that movie. Yeah. I'm a big James L. Brooks guy, and so I, I respect that choice. I I, you were a millisecond. If you had gone one more millisecond, we just assign... If you can't think of your favorite movie yeah. in, in 10 seconds, uh, we just give you Dr. T and the Women. We put you down on record <laughs> yep. for Dr. T and the Women as your favorite film. So you barely dodged that one. <laughs> I'm good, glad I did. That's funny. Uh, no, as good as it gets, it's probably worthy of a throwback episode here pretty soon, yeah. I would think. Next year, is it? It was 98, wasn't it? 98, yeah. Oh, okay, so we already missed it. We All just right. missed well, the 20 well, years, but we can do 25 it, here pretty soon. It, it, yeah. We don't have to do a, a – we can just do a, a an Oscar-y – Oscar season throwback for that one for sure. It was the best picture nominee back in the day. Okay, so uh, good to have you here. Um, changing topics to clown horror. Um, I was a fan of It Chapter One. Uh, I've not read the book. I'm going to put that out there. I've not read the uh, source material. Uh, I have seen the original movie, uh, the TV movie version, but um, was a fan of the original. And, you know, I think they really know what um, sells aesthetically in horror. Um, there's, a, there's a really throwback um, kind of renaissance in horror happening right now. And I thought It Chapter 1 really capitalized on that when it came to bringing the right source material with the right aesthetic and the right director and you know, having the right kid actors involved and uh, all the, all the elements really 
came together to to make something special. Honestly, that first movie is a special horror movie that I'm sure will will probably be uh, you know, well thought of for for years to come in that j- clown horror genre. Again, I don't know what that genre is called. Please fill me in. Let's let's come up with a name by the end of this podcast um for clown horror. Done. Noted. Um but <laughs> It chapter two, you know, high expectations for this one. Uh, a lot to live up to when it came when it came uh, came to the uh, financial success of the first. Um, and I thought the story of the first, while at times drifted into the insane. I mean, let's not forget this is a movie about a psychotic clown who invades your mind and um, conscious and all that. I mean, it's an insane premise to begin with. So for us to come on here and say. You know, I'm all in, but it just got a little too insane right here. It's, it's honestly ridiculous. I'm not going to go there with it. Um, but as a movie, the first one, first of all, is not almost three hours, so that helps. Um, and I think it really benefits from the chemistry of the ensemble. Um, you really don't have much of an ensemble here except for a few scenes, and even that feels like you know, the adult versions of themselves are kind of playing a caricature version of the kids, you know, and it never really, they never really get into the characters until they're apart. And then by the time they're back together, you're two and a half hours into the movie and you just want it to end. But, um, I mean, there's some ridiculous stuff in that, in this movie. And, you know, from that perspective, I was entertained. I mean, I like the the campy. I like the ridiculous. I don't like, two hours and 40 plus minutes of it at a time, you know, usually. Um, but I guess this movie can best be described by me saying every best part of this movie was in the trailer and in a two and a half minute trailer, that's pretty sad in a two and a half hour plus movie that, uh, all the best scares elements, scenes, um, character moments can all be summarized in 90 seconds. So that's not good, but you know, there's some. I'm, I'm going to watch this movie multiple times, probably after this. You know, uh, I love Hater. I want to see what he did again. I want to go back and watch Chastain. I really liked uh, the Eddie character in this movie too. Um, I thought they nailed the the actor who played who played Eddie. Um, and you know, Pennywise is absolutely ridiculous. And you know, I think a, a, having a spider itself would have been ridiculous. And I like Pennywise, so the compromise works for me with the clown spider. So that's that's kind of where I fall in that. But RB, um, high expectations for this one. But um, what's your review? Yeah, this was such a great. Uh, it was you know, I wouldn't say surprise, but it was one of those uh, kind of slow. The first film was like you heard the buzz really early on it, like this is going to be really good, and then the, you could tell by the early marketing of that film that it was going to be. Uh, pretty solid and interesting and something that's just right movie at the right time and then obviously done really well. Uh, and then you find they leave so much on the table and that there's this can easily be another film as well. So And then you start hearing the casting decisions I thought were um, uh, really solid and I think they probably could have had their pick of, of tons of actors and I think they chose pretty correctly. Um, and so... Uh, that would that okay? That's good. So everything leading up to this one seemed like it'd be fine. Didn't quite have the same amount of buzz as two or three years ago when when it chapter one came out. Uh, and then, but but it looks solid. And uh, yeah, but it, I guess I you know it's hard. It's this is a hard one for me because 
Uh, I, I too have not read the the book, so these aren't any nitpickies on that. Although I've heard there's there's uh, many, but it's it. I was disappointed in this film. I don't. I would not say it's bad by any means, but it it does suffer with the comparison and the surprise and the kind of joy of that first one. And uh, I, I really try to think of this on its own without that expectation and really grade it out. And when, if I can do that, um, I, I give it a higher grade, but I can't really kick that disappointment I felt walking out today when I was kind of like, ah, man, that, that could have been cooler. And and was I not so much, I couldn't really correct it. It was well made, but it was more of the, I did not enjoy myself for many of the minutes of those thousand minutes and uh not because they, they were scary or anything but just because it was just kind of meandering and uh that's a bummer because this is something that, that was so good a couple years ago and it's just classic sequelitis i guess but uh anyway matthew the the guest reviewer we were interested in, you picked this film this is one you wanted to do this year and uh i'd love to hear did you were you just a huge fan of the first one why and what you thought of this independent of that and in in context of the first film as well well uh, i will say that um, my childhood, when I saw the miniseries, it really scared the, the living crap out of me. And I remember it um, pretty well for that. And so I went and I bought the miniseries again and watched it right before the first. And when I watched the miniseries, I was shocked at how awful it was and how I was afraid of that movie and how cheesy it was. It has not aged well. So um, when, when, the, uh, when I saw the first one, I, I was blown away. I thought it was great. Um, so that's why I picked this. And when I saw the trailer for this one, um, the few of them that came out, I was very, very excited. I thought the trailer was awesome. I thought that scene was great. Um, and I am more on RB side for sure. Um, I, I was fairly disappointed uh, on, a, on a number of things. One being, I, I don't think there was a, a real big story. Um, or, or it, it didn't seem like they have a through line or anything. It just seemed like scenes put together and, and they weren't really connected that much sometimes. Um, I thought Bill Hader was great. Um, I thought Chastain was great. And, uh, but other than that, no, I, I, I was confused after when I was watching it and afterwards, I'm like, what did I watch? Did I watch a horror movie or did I watch a, a comedy? Cause I, I, there were several yeah. points that were very, very totally. funny. No, yeah, um, <laughs> some of the better parts of the film for sure. Yeah, and but even that took away from the movie for me because yeah. he's about to die or he's about to get attacked, and he's making a joke like a stand-up comic. I'm not talking about Bill Hader, but the uh, the guy that actually uh, mm-hmm. you're not in spoilers, but the guy that actually um, gets hurt. But he's making jokes the whole time while he's he's you know getting attacked by the clown, and it kind of takes you away from it there. Um, the one of the scenes also that kind of. I just scratched my head was like at the Chinese restaurant or Asian, wherever they are. Yeah. They're there for like five minutes and they're screaming at these things that are happening and he's slamming the, the chair and destroying the place and no one, no one's stopping them or like in one, she comes over and she says, are you guys okay? Okay. We're good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, the man's okay. All right. The we're going to go grab your, uh, your, your noodles. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. so it's like, what, what am I watching? Um, so yeah, I just Bill Hader was uh, obviously awesome. Um, at, the cast is awesome for, for the most part, uh, but no, I, I really wasn't that high on it. Leaving it, I, I didn't like it that much. Well, 
Um, well, yeah, I think that that scene, I think that's probably the best scene from a character development standpoint, sadly. And it's probably the funnest scene where they're all sitting around the table kind of catching up for the first time. Uh, but at the same time, it's the worst scare scene because it's just solid. Uh, I don't know what it, what those are crab bat things that like form out of the food, you know? Um, that didn't work for me at all. The, the only real scares that work for me is the Pennywise stuff where it's done subtly. And, you know, the opening sequence of this, I think, is done really well with the guy getting thrown off the bridge and then Pennywise at the river and all the balloons coming o- coming over. Uh, I think that all works really well. Um, same with the first movie. Uh, the, the best scene in the first movie is Georgie and Drain. Uh, the whole setup is the best, the best sequence. And it never really gets past that in this either. It's a great setup. It's a great premise and it never lives up to its first 10 minutes. And, and that's sad, but, uh, I think, you know, it's more like a, I don't don't know. It's more like going on a, a roller coaster than going on a train. Does that make sense? it's just like throwing yeah. so much stuff at you Absolutely. and it, it never really wants you to settle in because that's when, when you get the most comfortable in these movies is when you start to get bored and they want you to kind of, I don't know, not what, not know what to expect. And so, uh, yeah, that's what, that's how I kind of felt with it. Um, I felt like it was purposely done choppily because it's, it's meant to not ever let you get, um, comfortable, but it's not done well. It's not, they don't do that well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing that you could do two hours, 50 minutes. Probably the original cut of this was over three hours. It's amazing that you could do something that's that long with no structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How could you write something like that? Just, do you just, know where it's going to end like okay there's going to be a giant spider at the end and the kids have to get back together all right that's it that's all i have to do and you're just going to write stuff i think is that it you know because that's really all the only through line um like you said is losers club kind of comes back they each face their own demons um mike has a significant role i actually really liked mike in this movie but I don't like the they, they gave him this ancient ritual thing to do and the uh, I thought the that, uh, that's that's in the book apparently I there's watch. some kind of ritual I've, I've heard in the book but it's not that it's something something different it's not like you have to put relics in a jar and then then they like I don't know it's something different isn't it I, I never read the book but I was I was trying to see if that was actually like part the, of the I, I've heard that this is their interpretation of that this was like their their adaptation of that, right, that right. Or like whatever compromise they came to was like, let's have them all go to go back to their hometowns and find relics of the past. And then we'll bring back the kid actors. And let's talk about that right now. Um, necessary to bring back the kid actors. Did it improve the movie for you? RB? No, I mean like the, it, it would have been fine. It didn't really hurt. Like, individual scene by individual scene. But when the movie's like almost three hours long, that's the first thing you think to cut. Right. Um, so it's not like they didn't work. It's just like, I, every time we kind of 
feel that kid actor piece. It, it wasn't that. It just seemed like a, uh, you know, a waste. Yeah, I certainly, <laughs> certainly feel like it could get trimmed down uh, to just the adult actors uh, 27 years later and how they've grown. Maybe you refer back to some events in the original film with some footage from the original film, but to go to the length of we're we're going to recast these kids, we're going to give them new lines, we're going to use de-aging CGI on all of them to make them look identical to the first movie. It's, it looked really good, I thought. The only kid I noticed that was different was was uh, Billy because he has grown so much and he's skinnier now. So to have him look like a prepubescent fat kid was was hard for them to do with CGI more than more than others. But um, but yeah, uh, you know I liked it to an extent, but at the same time I was like, we've been here and we've done this and we already liked it and we're we're done. I kind of wanted to see what this movie could have been without that, without the. Uh, coming back to the kids so much. Matthew, how'd you feel about that? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even notice the CGI. So that's how good that was for me. Um, I I only found out after I saw it. I'm like, wow, I didn't even see that. I did notice the dubbing of some of the voices was off. I picked up on that. I was wondering why that was happening. And then I found out later that it was because they were trying to, um, I don't know. They, their voices got too deep. Some of them. So they're pitch correcting it or whatever. Yeah, so that that was a little off, but um, no, I I didn't care about seeing the kids anymore. I mean, I I got enough of that in the first one, and they were great, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, but they retconned a couple of things too, and I'm like, you know, you didn't need to do that. The, it was a fine story on its own. Um, yeah. But so no, I, the, the kids, I didn't need it. I wanted the, the adults. Uh, that's why you know wanted to see the movie. So it's a little odd because they don't feel like the kids are in any of the trailers or marketing for this at all. Because, uh, but they were out there publicly promoting this like crazy. Um, it's a very odd inclusion. Maybe it's, oh, we, we want to capitalize on the success of the first. And the way to do that is to bring back the kids in a way because people like the kids. But that's, that's exactly what they said they did. It. That's why they did it. Is because that's they all? Were trying to, yeah. Because they were trying to recapture all that nostalgia and in the, the, the buzz of the first. And that's why they did it. They basically did it because Finn Wolfhard is is having a good career right now. That's why they spent thirty minutes of this movie doing, including all of that. You know, like it's all still relevant. You know, um, will it be in twenty years? Will we look back and say, "Wow, they it really feel shoehorned in"? Maybe that's certainly how it felt to me watching the movie. But um, you know. It was fine from that perspective. I liked the seeing the juxtaposition of the two characters when they would do some transitions visually that would show the difference between them and certain situations that harkened back to the past that you obviously can't recreate um, without you know having the actor there. But so that was cool. Um, but what do you think about Richie being more the center of this movie? than Billy or Eddie, like the uh, the original It movie, Matthew. Um, is it because Bill Hader is popular right now and we got to give Richie more lines? Uh, that would be my only guess, is that he, he was just so good. Um, well, he's so strong now in various things. That What's that series he has now? That's, Barry. Oh, you just said, sorry. Yeah, he, and that's, I saw the first season of that, and that was phenomenal. So 
I, I, I'm assuming that's why they did that. But uh, it didn't. It didn't take away from the story that he's the center. That that didn't bother me. What was the scariest moment of it, Chapter Two, for you, Arby? Um, you know, I'm always kind of like you said, scared, more scared by the smaller stuff than like the big clown spider, like set piece kind of things. I always find that more like action movie thrilling than scary. Um, so yeah, any any time, any time the design scares. I mean, it's not hard to scare me. You you make it quiet and then you do really restrictive camera angles and I wonder what's behind people. I mean, that's pretty standard way to my heart and endorphins. Yeah. The, the old lady scene from the trailer is still creepy. Yes. I mean, yeah, it basically very. is the trailer, but it's still well done. I wish it wasn't in the trailer. I think that would have been a, a really standout moment in the film. Unexpected. Um, what, but what again, Go ahead. Uh, what did you think of the design of the old lady monster once she transforms? Did did, did you find why, that scary? Why did she have to be naked? Seriously. <laughs> well, well <laughs> okay. Slow down, Ken, okay? Yeah. No, I agree. It, but the monster she turns into is, is just uh, weird. It's not even scary. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about this with the Scary Stories movie. Um a couple of weeks ago, Richard, and just the, the creature design is just more odd than it is scary with some right. of these movies. And you just kind of, if it's not scary, like from the first instant, it'll never be scary to you. It's never like the situational scare. Mm-hmm. It's always just like right in your face, like, Rawr! and it, and if you're not scared, you're never going to be scared. And that, that they went all in for those types of scares in this movie. And, uh, but I think Pennywise, it works, you know, in a Jaws type of way where if you keep them isolated and you only use them at certain times, it can be very terrifying. Um, you know, like you use them in shadow, use them out of focus behind characters at times. It works really well. But, um, you know, which they do certain times through this. But like you said, uh, Richard, some of the big set piece type stuff with Pennywise doesn't work for me. doesn't scare me. Um well, uh, what about what about that the scene where uh, he's convincing the little girl that he's going to take the birthmark off her face? That was that one was the scariest for me. Even oh, though yeah. I knew what was going to happen, the fact that you're when you mess with kids, that kind of you know that got to me. So that that one scene I thought was done well if you were trying to you know get at people. Or, yeah, there's some uh, there's definitely some set, uh, satirical. Um, cultural commentary with with a lot of the scares and what you know, what Pennywise chooses to take form as, um, and you know it, it's it's sometimes heavy handed, but at other times not. And I prefer just Pennywise the clown. Let's just let's stick to that. I think I think there's a really great eighty minute Pennywise movie. Like there needs to be just a movie called Pennywise that needs to come out. Spin off movie of this. It's Pennywise, you know, outside, he gets outside of Derry and he wreaks havoc in, you know, L.A. or something. I think that would be fascinating because um, I think I think Bill Skarsgård's interpretation of that. I mean, he probably should have won an Oscar in 2017 for for Pennywise. Like he is so good at transforming his face, the voice, the whole body movement. Everything he does with it is is really, really good. 
and it's sad to see it come to an end in this way. Any reaction to? Anything? Yeah, it's just a lackluster compared to a really high point. I mean, I think both of us had that movie in their top 10 or close to it in that year. I mean, so removing all that from it, the nitpicky stuff, I mean, this still in the upper ha- half of things we've had to watch this year, right, Ken? I mean, this isn't yeah. like a, no. a this cluster will not be a, a This will not be on my worst of the year list for no, it, no, no. at all. And, and, you know, putting it in the lens of other horror movies, there are a lot worse ones that you'll see. And, and uh, I would say the wide majority of critics often despise horror movies. You know, they, they're rarely ever fresh or well-received on uh, the wide critic circles. So, you know, this one, it was for the most part. And so it has that going for it. I think it'll make, it'll probably win the weekend again this weekend and it should do pretty well up until Halloween when we have uh, some other movies, uh, horror type movies come out and, and uh, Oscar movies fill its spot. But, you know, I would, I would write this off as, as a success for, for it. Chapter two, the only, the only thing it's jarring is Stephen King being in the dang movie again. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're like the, one of the most recognizable people of all time, let alone faces. You know, I, I'm, it's not like, I don't know, John Grisham or somebody, or, you know, like Cami would cameo would be like way, he's way less out there. And Stephen King is so, I don't know. He's such a, an enigma now, you know, that it, it, it's, it, it's hard to ignore it. It takes you out of it. it. It was a little funny how they kept jabbing at him throughout the whole movie. He jabs at himself. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Everyone loved it except for the ending. It's like they had the same joke like nine times. Yeah. That was, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was probably nine too many times. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Steven himself should have made the joke and that should have been it. But but yeah, it takes you out of it a little bit. But you know, I like the the town of Derry. I think they should do a Derry, like Derry, Maine, Netflix series or something because there's such a cool element to mis- the mystery of the town, and they don't really capitalize that at all here um, in this movie. Just you know how Pennywise is such a mystery and legend through the town of Derry. Um, it really seems like the losers, the only ones who have ever known about this or have ever heard of it. And some of them don't remember it. And, uh, I know it's they choose to repress it. That's a whole big arc of the movie, but you know, it's very convenient. Uh, a lot of that stuff. And I, I wish it would have been more straightforward from that perspective. It doesn't like, feel like they took advantage of the setting. No. Yeah. It's not a character in it. Like it kind of feels a little more in the, uh, a ridge. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's some some more to be done with this. That would be kind of an interesting uh you're right, Ken. That would be an interesting show. We I don't know if we're the first thing of it, but kind of uh dairy in between Pennywise attacks, you know, with that always kind of looming that it's coming yeah. would be kind of an interesting uh you know, just the kind of the small town life of this kind of town with this always kind of knowing doom coming would be I think an interesting interesting take on that. But yeah, I, I I really like Skarsgård in this too, and I I wish I wish there was a, you know there's no not real much more to do here. I think it three would be pretty poor, but uh, it is a bummer to lose that uh, that performance. Guys, well, so what was what was the point 
of having the the guy from I forgot his name already, but the guy from the insane asylum. Like like was that even necessary to have him in there? He didn't really impact the story all that much. Probably not, but it's something people will remember, you know? So that's why it was in there. Yeah, it, it, it's, it honestly seemed like Andy Muschietti uh, had the complete freedom because the the first It uh, miniseries was like four hours. It was like, yeah, it's cool. Right. And the book is like 900,000 pages. And so I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. Two and a half. Yeah, it's cool. Do it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Billy, you got Bill Hader? Yeah, we're good. Oh, it's going to be clowns in the trailer. Okay, sweet. Good. You know, it's like they, this movie sells itself in so many ways that they don't really feel the need to uh, make it as good as it could be. Uh, and that's sad. You know, we've seen that a lot this year. And that's been really the tone of 2019 mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. It's like, oh, the, the Lion King. Yeah, let's just, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. You know, <laughs> uh, so, so many, so many times that it's just, you get by with, with selling the tickets on the opening weekend and you know, it'll make money and you kind of loosely adapt the source material and, 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 you know, hope, hope that people see it on Netflix forever and you'll know, get clicks forever because of, of the IP and you never really take advantage of the talent that you have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sad because man, this could have been like an Oscar worthy thing you know yeah by upping it yeah it but it's, really it's fine i mean it's still a a, a cool horror movie and i think it'll do well and yeah and i think it'll be a lot of money yeah. yeah it's it's getting bashed pretty hard because of the runtime and everything but yeah. i think like like i said the original one was nine nine hundred thousand minutes yeah. long and it, it i don't even know if i've seen the whole thing still so sure. um What's that's the- how that goes What's the Rotten Tomatoes on it right now? Is is it really getting bashed? I thought it was kind of high. No, uh, I mean I just seen online, not outside of the critic circles. I've seen just general, like, yeah. like memes about the runtime of it and stuff like yeah. that. It's like sixty four percent on. It's barely fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but the the number one criticism is the length. But that that's my number one criticism. If, if it was like two hours, I probably would right. be a little less harsh on it. Same. I mean, you, you, I mean, you want to listen to this show knows that's my number one. Th- you know, I, I will up a letter grade a crap movie if it's ninety minutes. Like that's great. Like uh, so, I saw my uh, my partner and and he could see that I was getting visibly upset at like that that last twenty minutes just seemed like it just wasn't ending. And I'm like, come on, let's wrap it yeah. up. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> we reviewed Ready or Not a few uh, weeks ago, and that was. I don't know, 88 minutes, something like yeah. that. Perfectly paced enough, uh, fun scares for that kind of movie. And we were out and yeah, I think I gave it an A because of that. So I was like, uh, the best, the best and worst thing about that was that it was 90 minutes. Cause I wanted more of it and it was over just in time before I got bored of it. So that's exactly what, what I would have wanted for this. So let's hit a grade here before we hit a recommend, uh, for this week, again, shout out to the VIPs. If you want more episodes from us, hit that VIP feed, and we'll be back later on in the week. But uh, Matthew, what do you want to grade it? Chapter two. Uh, I, you know, I I was entertained, um, so it's so it's hard to get too hard on it. But then I do have like all the criticisms that I already mentioned. So I'm between a C plus and a B minus. I'll I'll do B minus just to be charitable. Uh, Richard, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus 
uh, as well for me. What about you, Kent? I'm slightly higher than you guys. I, I'm going to do B with this one. Nice. It was slow, lower than my expectations. My expectations probably an A minus. Um, so it's not a B plus. It's B minus. Um, it's probably a full full letter grade below. It's uh, it's right around a B for me. So um, that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna probably land on is a B. And you know, again, I'll watch this one multiple times. And that that's a huge thing for me too is rewatchability. Yeah. I think this one's gonna have, be a really fun one to have on in the background during this time of year. So, so supposedly there's a four hour cut of this out there. Oh, yeah. So thank God. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God. So RB, you'll definitely be watching that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's, that's gonna be Brian's punishment. I like to spend my life. Draft. Oh yeah, that'd be good. The if he loses movie cut. draft. Come on, Star Wars. Come on, Joker. Yes. I think you're I think you're in the clear there, Richard. I think you're we'll fine. We'll find out. Brian does the math. Definitely on with it, Joker. So, I mean, he's probably gonna rig it. Yeah, yeah, he did. He he came up with the algorithm. Never forget that. It's it's uh hard to lose when you come up with the algorithm. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on now and we're gonna hit that weekly recommend. Boom. Weekly recommend. Okay, Richard, what you got, man? Yeah, mine's a book, uh those I'm pretty, uh, anyone that's listening to the show for any length of time knows I, I kind of like some certain kind of fun books. And uh, there's a new one out called Super Pumped, which is the story of the early days of Uber, uh, which is a really fun read. So if you if you listen to and, and re- took any of my recommends last year, like on the uh, Bad Blood or Billion Dollar Whale or Black Edge or any of those books, it, it fits. Uh, the Accidental Billionaires is like that. Um, Hacking Twitter, it's, those are all kind of those, those long-form journalistic narratives over... Uh, those the stages of those companies. There's often a lot of drama and fun there. So really easy read. Came out last week to to rave reviews, and uh, that is Super Pumped by Mike Isaac. How happy is Uber about it? Not. I can't imagine they're thrilled. But you know they have new <laughs> oh. leadership now anyway, so it's not really critical of any of them. That's so funny. Uh, I have a I have a story about them that I'll I can share in the VIP about it. Uber. Uber, sto- Uber stories are always great. Always good. There's, there's no, nothing short of a great Uber story. I'm going to, I'm going to need to read that book. I read this, the Theranos one mm-hmm. and the, uh, um, the Silk Road one too. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all, those are fantastic recommends by, by good old RB. Good, good recommend. Matthew, what you got? Um, this is not new by any means, but it's still a really good book. I, I listened to it, uh, on audio book. It's Sapiens. Um, oh yeah, man. One of my um, favorites. Yeah, and uh, that's great. It, it goes through like how we, you know, came from an archaic species all the way our all the way to now. Um, it's really good. You know, interesting point is that a lot of us actually have uh, Neanderthal DNA as well. So there are multiple human species on Earth at once that were, you know, mixing and stuff. I, it was a fascinating uh, listen. Um, can I have one quick one one uh, one more? A quick one. It would be a. Uh, a podcast called Business Wars. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. Yeah, that that is um, awesome. It's still going on. They take like Nintendo versus Genesis and stuff like that, um, and and how everything evolved in those wars. But cool, those would be my two. Cool, awesome, awesome. Good, good recommends, good, Matthew. Good, good recommends. Can't uh, what you got, my man? Yeah, I got a TV show that's in the horror genre that I've been uh, catching up on. Uh, never really watched it when it first premiered, but uh, I've gone back and watched the first 
a couple seasons of it, and I believe the the fourth or fifth season is is about to premiere. It's called Room One Hundred Four. Have you seen this show, Richard? I have not, but I know of it. It's uh, third season is about to premiere. By the way, um, it's uh, the Duplass brothers. It's on mm-hmm. HBO, and it's basically the premise of this show is um, it's one hotel room, room one one hundred four, and it's all of the events over time that have happened in this one hotel room, like all the weird things that have happened in this kind of paranormal hotspot, if that makes sense. Um, but it's all different kinds of events that happen. It's not like, oh, there's a killer in this room, or oh, there's a ghost in this room. You know, it's just kind of a Twilight Zone kind of room. You know, it's weird things happen. It's really well done. Uh, simple premise. Each show kind of has a different cast, a, a different uh, story. It's not really repetitive in that way. It's easily digestible it's fun for this type of year room 104 is on uh, hbo if you got that and you want to check that out it's really well done it's good stuff room 104 check it out uh so that's my recommend good awesome good uh good round of review and good round of recommends from you guys man you guys never let me down with recommends i I tell you what i come out of here i gotta freaking buy another book as i leave here i don't have room, but I'm gonna have to. I have to read that Uber book. I still haven't read Hatching Twitter either. You reminded me of that too. I need to. That's a good one. That's that. a good get, one. Get on that one. All right, Matthew. Thanks for being here. If uh, the listener who uh, has been listening wants to follow your opinions on their social media, where could they do that? Oh, well, they probably don't want to do that at all. But um, they can follow me, I guess, on Facebook at uh, F Matthew Dolloff or uh, Freddie Matty Dolly on Twitter. But um, uh, well, can I say one thing? Yeah. I do want to apologize to you guys for my voice. I have, I'm suffering from like laryngitis and I don't actually sound like this normally. So I'm sorry to the listeners that they had to listen to a squeaky voice the entire time. But Sounded good and strong to me, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. yeah you're right. fighting through it for us. We yeah. appreciate that. So, I appreciate it. But I, I love, I love listening to your show. Um, I think it's, it's so entertaining and funny, especially when you guys go on your like side rants and stuff. I've had hours of uh, entertainment from it. That's oh, so nice. Thank you that. so much. Thank you. Well, we, you can definitely hope for plenty of side rants in the VIP. Oh, And I'm yeah. excited for that. That's where I save all my sideiest yeah. rants. Uh, you can find me online at Kent Garrison uh, on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Uh, where can we find you, Richard? You can find me on all the social as well at Richard Barden. We know where we can find Matthews, the man. Thank you for joining us. You can also find him and us and various others in the VIP. And one of the best parts of the VIP, I think, you have a little bit of this on social, but it's fun on the little Patreon platform, is when we post things, there's like a little comment section. And a lot. I see a lot, a lot of times different VIPs talking to each other and excluding us completely. And that's, yeah. and that's all good. So if you like a little community based around this stupid little show, I highly recommend uh, joining Matthew and the fellow Vipers over there. Awesome. Well, I believe next week it's the Goldfinch talk, so it should be oh, interesting. Boy. Yeah, Buckle should be up. fun. Should be good. Um, but until then, we'll see you at the center. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yaya. Yeah, yeah.